this week on Hope for the Broken. My point is, is that depression and similar forms of mental illness is common. And not only are those things common, they seem to be increasing. And they're increasing, in my view, due to the instability of the world in which we live. I understand that depression is real. I understand mental illnesses is very real. Why not make the church the place where people can find hope and healing? Amen. Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week, we wrap up our series called Greater Than. Here's our pastor, Chris Wigley, with part eight, titled, Greater Than My Depression. Listen, today we are wrapping up a series of sermons that we have entitled Greater Than. And over the course of this series, we've taken a look at circumstances that is common to life experiences, things that you and I have gone through or certainly will go through. And we've taken a look at the fact that Jesus is greater than even those things. Praise God. We've taken a look at the fact that Jesus is greater than the grave. We've looked at how Jesus is greater than our worries and our anxieties. He's greater than our grief and times of grief that we experience. He's greater than the challenges that face our family units. Uh, Praise God that he's greater than our failures and that he's greater than relational conflict and that he is the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. Today, we'll be discussing the fact that Jesus is greater than my depression. And so I want to invite you to grab your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 77. We're going to be in Psalm 77 as we talk about how to deal with depression. Let me begin today by asking a question. How many of you have ever battled depression in your life? Hands going up everywhere. That's because I'm confident that we have all, in some way, shape, or form, experienced depression. If not, if you have not yet experienced that, certainly there will be a season in your life in which you will feel down. And and my prayer is that we all find hope this morning. Whether you are going through a bout with depression or somebody you know, uh, my hope is to point us to Jesus and the fact that there is hope even in this season of life. Dr. Nikolai II, a Harvard psychiatrist, said mild or severe depression affects more people in our culture than any other emotional disorder. In fact, I read in multiple uh, articles this week that depression is often called the common cold of mental illness. Now, I want you to consider the impact a pandemic has had on our culture in the area of feeling depressed. A study published in 2019, that's pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, 19.4 million adults in the United States had at least one major depressive episode in 2019. That's 7.8% of the adult population. Add on top of that, that was 2019, add on top of that a worldwide pandemic and isolation, quarantining, even the death of loved ones because of a pandemic, it only complicated the issue. 
According to one study done by mental disorder collaborators, the pandemic led to a 27.6% increase in cases of major depressive disorders globally. My point is, is that depression and similar forms of mental illness is common. And not only are those things common, they seem to be increasing. And they're increasing, in my view, due to the instability of the world in which we live. And unfortunately, well-meaning Christians representing the church, not fully understanding what it means to journey through depression, will often make things worse by saying things like, you just need to have more faith. Or if you'd pray harder, or read the Bible more, or deepen your walk with the Lord, then you wouldn't have this problem. Or like what I have said to myself in seasons of depression, come on, get your act together, Chris. Pull yourself together. Now certainly depression can be caused by spiritual influences or the lack thereof. But to say that it is the sole cause is to neglect to understand that there are times and circumstances where depression may not be preventable. Mental illness is a very real thing. And I think that we have a church culture that is so afraid of mental illness that we've shied away from talking about it. And so my goal here this morning is to address the issue. My personal opinion is this. I understand that depression is real. I understand mental illness is is very real. Why not make the church the place where people can find hope and healing? Amen? And so I want to kind of take the stigma off of these things here today and us address this issue. And to do so, I'm going to do it from a spiritual perspective, but to also notify this, there are certain things that require spiritual solutions. But just like I mentioned in our talk on anxiety and worry, there are also uh, things that, that are not solved by spiritual solutions alone. They need physical and medical attention. And so if you're here today and, and you would say, how do I know the difference between the two? Maybe, maybe you're feeling a little down, maybe something, some circumstances in your life have you, have you depressed and, and you're worried about it and you need to determine how do I know if it's spiritual or if it's medical. Let me just tell you three things I would say. Go ahead, have a conversation with your doctor about it. Number two, get counsel from a Christian, biblically founded, rooted leader. And number three, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey it. But here's the thing I want to say. Depression is a very serious issue. And I believe it is hurtful for the church to say, pull yourself together or pray harder or do more. And the reason why I think that that's hurtful is because it only adds to the weight of someone who's walking through a bout with depression. You know, we would never say that, by the way, to someone who is struggling with cancer. We would never say, oh, you just need to pray hard. You need to read your Bible more and you'll be healed. We would never say that. So why is it that we have a tendency to say that to someone who's battling a mental illness? I I think that we need to be sensitive as the church to realize that, but also point people to where hope can be found. And hope can be found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, I say all of that to set our stage this morning. And in our time together, I want to look at the, the, the topic of depression from three different perspectives. I want to define what depression is. I want us to look at a clinical definition. I also want us to look at a biblical definition of depression. Number two, I want to show you examples of biblical characters that I believed faced times of depression. 
and to, to normalize that. And number three, I want to talk through four things to do when you are depressed. Our time is short this morning, so I won't be able to do all of that in an exhaustive manner, but I hope that what we have to talk about today will give you tools and hope that can be founded in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So let's first define depression. What is depression? One article I read described depression as a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that leads to sadness. Have you ever been there? If so, you're in good company. The psalmist that writes the psalmist study this morning, Psalm 77, describes a time period in his life in which he battled depression. And he described exactly what it was that he was feeling. Let's look at the first three verses of Psalm 77 together. I cry aloud to God, he repeats, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, that word trouble is a word that means the, the feeling of the walls closing in on you. The, the things are beginning to press in on all sides. Have you ever felt that? Like, like things are, are falling and closing in on you. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. In other words, he can't sleep. He's awake and his hand is stretching out in order to grab a hold of something that he just can't seem to grab a hold of. What else does he say? My soul refuses to be comforted. In other words, I've tried to shake this off, and I can't. I can't get rid of it. When I remember God, verse 3, whenever I think, try to think spiritually, come on, be spiritual, says he moans. And when I meditate, my spirit faints. This, my friends, is a biblical writer that is describing what it feels like to be depressed. And you know, we see the symptoms of depression. In fact, if, if, this, if this was a client that went into any professional counseling office, the, the diagnosis is clear. He's suffering from sleeplessness, fatigue, loss of enjoyment, anger, dissatisfaction. This psalmist is depressed. And it's important to realize that there are different types of depression. There is postpartum depression. Uh, I've seen and counseled uh, ladies after having uh, a, a bundle of joy in their children. They go through a season of depression. My mom went through a season of uh, postpartum depression when she had my sister, which is eight years younger than me. And I remember seeing her battle that and she just wanted to withdraw and she couldn't explain it, didn't know why. But postpartum depression is a very real thing. There are also different uh, other kinds of depression, seasonal depression. There's something called persistent depressive disorder, major depressive disorder, and even psychotic depression. And the thing that I have learned about each of these categories is that they vary in, in intensity. They vary in degree. Another person that I read, a commentator that I read, said that and suggested that there are four different stages of depression. Now, let me mention this. The first stage is a feeling of being downcast. This is a biblical word, right? We read, like, for example, in Psalm 42, where the writer says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? The feeling of, of downcast. This is, this is when we would say, Things are rough right now. It's got me down. 
the second stage of depression would be discouragement. This is where we'd say, things are rough right now, and it's negatively affecting me. I feel it. Number three is the stage of depression itself. And that is that things are worse than rough, and I can't see a way out of it. And the last stage of depression would be a state of despair. This is when things are as bad as it can get, and it will never get any better in your mind. Perhaps you can identify having been and having found yourself in one of those stages of depression. There's there's a variety. I want you to know something. You were prayed for today, and you were loved today by an incredible God and by a church founded in the personal work of Jesus Christ that desires to come alongside you and pray with you and pray for you and to help you process this season. So we've defined depression. Next, I want to consider biblical examples of depression. If you have ever been depressed, you are not alone. You actually are in really good company. There is a laundry list of biblical characters that were depressed. They suffered from seasons of depression. Moses, when he felt the weight of leading God's people and and their lack of a response to his leadership, he got depressed. Job, who lost everything, said that he wanted to die. Elijah, after a great victory, having been victorious over Queen Jezebel, he, he experiences this incredible high spiritual moment and then finds himself in a state of depression. In, in 1 Kings 19, verse 4, I want to read that to you. And this, this is following, this is Elijah following his great spiritual victory. Verse 4 says, But he, Elijah, found himself, uh, himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. He's depressed. King David got depressed. He authored a a number of of the Psalms, and many of those Psalms express his, his depression. They describe what he was feeling. Jonah, you remember Jonah? God told him to go to Nineveh and preach. And he said, no, he went the opposite direction. He swallowed up by a great fish, and that fish then vomited him on the beach. And then he said, I'll finally go to Nineveh. And he goes to Nineveh. And you remember what happened in Nineveh? The whole town turned to him, turned to God. And Jonah went out and pouted about it. (laughs) He found himself under a little leaf and saying that he wished he was not born. Nehemiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. The author of a book called Lamentations. If you ever want to get depressed, read Lamentations. All express this. Peter, after he failed, miserable. I'm going fishing. Here's my point. The greats of our faith, those names who are written in the hall of faith in the book of Hebrews, experienced depression. And if the greats of our faith experience depression, then, beloved, you and I are not immune from it either. And I would venture to say that we've all experienced some degree of those four categories in which I mentioned. So we've established that depression is scalable. There are different types of depression. And the Bible describes people's feelings of depression and discouragement. I now want to answer one final question. 
What should I do when I feel depressed? And I, and I hesitate to I hesitate to even pose the question that way, but that's the question that's often asked. What should I do? When I find myself in this state of depression, what should I do? And the reason why I hesitate for that is because when you're feeling down, the last thing that you want to do is add a to-do list that seems impossible, right? And so I want to instead offer four approaches to your depression. I want to acknowledge the fact that we We get depressed. I don't want to add a a laundry list of a to-do list. I want to allow you to have have an approach that will give you help and give you hope in in the midst of that depression. And we find it contained in Psalm 77. The first thing that you should do when you are feeling depressed is to be honest with God. Be honest with God. As we read in the first three verses, this is actually a prayer that that the psalmist writer, his name is Asaph, that Asaph pens. This is what he's praying to God. And I want you to see his honesty. He prayed with an expression of pain, communicating the darkness that he was feeling in that moment to God. In his prayer, he asked big questions of God. I want you to look at it, verses 7 through 10 of Psalm 77. He says, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Selah. That word selah is a word that means think about that. Ponder that. So he's pondering these big questions of God. He's asking these questions of God in verse 10. And he says, and then I said, I will appeal this. I mean, I will approach, I will take it to the years of the right hand of the most high. Asaph went straight to God and was completely honest with him. When you are feeling depressed, this is a vitally important step in the process of finding hope and deliverance. You say, why is that vitally important? Well, because I have known people that instead of running to God with what they were dealing with, ran to other things and trying to, to cope. I've known people and counseled people who've, who've run to food, people who've run to shopping, people who've run to alcohol, people who've run to drugs, people that have run to other people that don't give godly advice. And what happens when we run to those places in order to cope with our depression, instead of running to God himself, we create a whole nother issue. Two things I found in that circumstance when you run to other things. Number one, it never deals with the root issue. Come down from your buzz and the issue's still there, if not worse. And number two, oftentimes in that case, you can create a dependency problem. Where you can become dependent upon drugs or alcohol or shopping or food in order to cope with your depression. Instead, when you feel down, cry aloud to God just like the psalmist did. And be honest with him. And let me just give you a word of advice. If you have tried some of those coping mechanisms... In the state of depression, let me, let me just tell you something. If you can tie 
a coping mechanism to a specific moment of depression, meaning that act of depression led you to that very, or an increase of that very thing, then you may have a dependency problem. And you now need to get further help. And and not just processing your depression, but processing your dependency upon drugs or alcohol or any anything else it's it's very real but i think we often feel like we can't be honest with god in many ways if we're honest we've been led to believe that we are not to question god we're not to ask questions of him that he is god almighty and he has the right to do whatever it is that he pleases and the answer to that is yes that's true but the psalmist asks big questions of God. Now, I think the difference between the two has to do with your heart's posture. When you question God out of rebellion, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen your teenager do it in your own home. Why do I have to do that? Or why do you want me to do that, right? That's questioning out of rebellion. But a sincere, honest, humble question, God, why is this happening to me? God, have you removed your hand from my life? God, where are you in the midst of what I'm going through? That is a a question being asked of God in humility and reverence. You know the difference between the two, right? And so Asaph comes to God with reverence and humility because he believed that hope could be found in seeking the Lord. Listen, don't be ashamed to confess your feelings to God, thinking that you've offended him. Please know, God wants to hear your honest heart. He already knows what's going through your heart and through your mind. You might as well confess it to him. Be real. Be honest with him. So, Begin there. Secondly, preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. This is exactly what Asaph did in Psalm 77. Look at verses 11 and 12. Asaph says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. When we feel downcast, what we are in need of doing is redirecting our thoughts. Uh, Take time to remember God's faithfulness. Remember the ways in which he's worked in your life. When we remember God's faithfulness to us, it allows us to regain right perspective. Have you ever needed to preach to yourself? The great physician turned pastor... Uh, Dr. Martin Luther jo- uh, Martin Lord Jones uh, wrote a book in the 60s entitled Spiritual Depression. And this is what he had to say. Have you not realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they start talking to you and they bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody is talking. Who is it that is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now, this man's treatment was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. In other words, preach truth to yourself. When you're depressed, where do your thoughts take you? 
takes you to dwelling on that which is leading you into depression, which only leads you further and spiraling down into despair. You need to preach to yourself in that moment. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Now, I want to be transparent for just a moment. Not that long ago, I was feeling myself slipping into uh, the beginnings of depression. I felt it. Very real. I was not fun to be around. My family was like, what is going on with you? It was not fun. And perhaps you've been there. And in that moment, I recognized that. And I called a buddy of mine who's a pastor, a fellow pastor at a church in Plano. And I just said, hey, Pastor Connor, I I know you have struggled through depression in the past. And I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm I'm descending into there. And he asked me a few questions. And, and it seemed like in my mind, things were spiraling out of control and they weren't going to get any better. And it was all in my mind, right? It was not reality. But he, he took me through an exercise that I, I want to give you this exercise. He called it peeling the onion. All right, so let me give you a hypothetical situation. Let's say your, your mind is telling you things are spinning out of control and you don't see a way out. Then ask yourself, peel the onion, ask yourself, so what if that happens? And that's what Pastor Connor did for me. And then you might say, well, if things spin out of control, then people aren't going to want to be around you. Okay, what if people don't want to be around you? Well, if people don't want to be around me, then I'm going to lose relationships with the people that I love. Okay, well, what happens if you lose the relationships with the people that you love? And you eventually find yourself at rock bottom, at a bottom foundation. You've peeled all the layers of the onion, and there's nothing left to do or to say. In that moment, it's when you need to ask yourself three questions. Number one, in that state, is Jesus still on his throne? Yes. Number two, are you a child of his, and nothing will ever change that? If you are a child of Christ then the answer to that is yes. And number three, if Jesus is on his throne, and if you are a child of his, will he not provide for you? And the answer to that is yes and amen. And the conclusion that you come to in your mind is even at rock bottom, I'm gonna be okay. Because Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is at work. And Jesus can stir in my heart and provide for me. And that's where hope begins to take root and replaces the thoughts that cause depression. Peel the onion. When you feel the onset, you're in the middle of it. Be honest with God. Preach to yourself. Thirdly, press in. Press in. Our natural tendency when we are feeling down is to isolate and withdraw. Have you ever been so depressed that you didn't even want to get up out of bed? It was painful to even think about that. But it's important to press in, not bow out. Fight the tendency. The psalmist did that. Look at verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 77. He says, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. What is Asaph doing here? He's worshiping God. And he's worshiping God among the peoples. 
Now this is an interesting point because Scripture tells us that Asaph was from the tribe of, of Levi. He was a Levite. And what that meant is the Levites in temple worship were in charge of worship. And David, King David, placed Asaph in particular over all of the worship leaders in the temple. He was the chief worship pastor of the temple. Now that's interesting on a couple of perspectives. Number one, that even worship leaders, even pastors, even elders, even Bible study teachers, even children's workers, everyone is subject to dealing with depression. But what did Asaph do? He forced himself to go to worship with God's people. He pressed in. And maybe he did that because it was his job, I don't know. But nonetheless, he did it. He resisted the urge to withdraw, and he found himself among God's people, worshiping Almighty God. He willed himself to worship. Listen, community among God's people is vitally important, especially in times of depression, because it's in the context of being with God's people that you can ask for prayer, and they can pray for you and pray with you. And sometimes, if if we're honest, sometimes if we're honest, our faith is so weak that we got to borrow from the faith of others. Have you ever been there in your life? I have. Where my faith has just been so weak, but you come to church and you have a conversation with someone who's full of faith and, and you just lean on them for just a moment. And it helps you regain your bearings and helps you regain your faith and begin walking through that season. That's exactly what Asaph did. What to do? Be honest with God. Preach to yourself. Press in. Fourthly, get outside of yourself. Get outside of yourself. Quit dwelling on all of your negative thoughts and do something productive. Look at verses 15 through 20 of Psalm 77 as we see that happen. Asaph says, With your arm you redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What is he doing here? He's recalling God's faithfulness in the lives of even other people. He's looking beyond himself. Whenever I felt down and out, some of the things that I found helpful is to increase my volunteering somewhere. Go volunteer somewhere. Go to a soup kitchen. Volunteer among those who are really hurting. Why, why would you do that? It kind of seems counterintuitive. You're depressed. You've got nothing to give, so why would you give? Well, it's in those moments that you're reminded of two things. Number one, there are people in far worse conditions than you are in, I promise you. And number two, you feel good about it. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you serve the Lord and you see the Lord move in and through you, it makes you feel good. 
That's because the hormones dopamine and serotonin are beginning to work in your body. When you're depressed, those things are limited. But when you serve other people, you realize that God wants to use you in a profound way that's bigger than yourself, and you get out of your own head, and you begin to minister to other people. That's a practical way in which you can help navigate depression. Exercise also helps with that. Get out, run, uh, hit a punching bag, some sort of exercise will help you gain those same hormones. When, you'll, when you depress, how should you approach your depression? Be honest with God. Preach to yourself. Press in and get outside of yourself. You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you. We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.